where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. My name's Troy. And my name is James. That's right. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I am excited for this episode because uh, it's it's a big one. It is a big one. As we teased at the end of uh, the last one. The stork brings a crane and this episode brings out the A-game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2nd of November, 1989. Directed by Andy Ackerman. Written by David Lloyd. It's a big one for a lot of reasons. Oh, yes. Oh, I'll tell you that for a fact. But it's the centenary of Cheers and, well, we'll tease it, but Lilith is overdue. So, you know, big things. Big things are gone. The cold open by a miniature train set set up and going around the bar. Cliff won't allow Norm to have a go on it. Uh, And so they they start using it to uh, deliver beers around the bar. At least they, they... Woody pours one, uh, shows it can be delivered round. Uh, it's meant to go to a uh, patron at one side of the bar. However, Norm has uh, got a little track splitter. He pushes that, manages to divert it uh, right into his hand. Interception. That's it, yeah. Have you ever had a, a miniature train set, like a scale electric or anything similar scale to electric, that? Yeah, scale electric I had, um, mm. which was fun. I A lot of people didn't like it when the car went off, but I thought that was the best pit when you know, just ramp it up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen some of the Skylectra set recently, which have like a loop. And I'm like, whoa. I, yeah. Like in my day, doing? there was only two dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my friends used to live in, uh, oh, from South Africa, moved about a bit now. But when they lived in South Africa, they had quite a sizable house in Cape Town. And they had, I think it was something outrageous, like, 40, 50 meters of scanatrics that went around this house, like around the entire house. It took a good like five, six minutes for it to do like a lap around their house on this track. But it was so, there was so much track that they had to get like this additional like transformer that basically stopped the thing blowing up because there was so much going through it. But yeah, I, I, I love scanatrics. I had the space. That's that's a sign you got too much money. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get that much. Maybe set it up in the office at work. Get some sort of uh, some sort of Grand Prix going. <laughs> or I'll use it to deliver memos. Or or well, we got a little snack area, and I would message the person who was next to the snack place and go, "If you put some coinage in the thing, I could transfer you, and you can you can send potato chips." <laughs> <laughs> And well, that's that's basically what Norm wants from it, isn't it? Some kind of sustenance delivery service. <laughs> sustenance delivery. I mean, nowadays we call that Just Eat or Uber Eats, but yeah. I found out Just Eat does groceries. Now I went, ooh, this is a dangerous slope. It is dangerous. You never need to leave the house. Like, you've got Just Eat for takeaways, groceries. You've got Amazon for basically everything else. There's no need to leave the house. Amazon delivers lobsters now, but I'm kind of suspicious. Hey? Yeah. No. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. There's no chance I'm trusting lobsters coming through from Amazon. Not a chance. You'd be like, this, this smells kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you say it had been in transit? Oh, a month. <laughs> Don't, worry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> Unless they do that weird thing that you've heard about lobsters where they're like, here you go, and then smack it with a mallet as soon as they've landed. <laughs> Ding dong. That was a wild diversion. But basically, the episode continues with, you know, the rest of the episode as it does. Little fact about this episode, it won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Sound Mixing. Really? Yeah, because there weren't many parts in it which were memorable for sound mixing, you know. Mm, love me a fact. It's a tasty one at that. Aye. Rebecca sees in a paper that 100 years ago, a new tavern opened on the address at which Cheers is. They wish to celebrate. Yep, it's the Cheers centennial. Uh, she wants a big celebration. Norm isn't interested until she says, well, maybe I might put the prices to that of 1889 and beer is five cents. Uh, and then he's all over it. Five cent beer, lovely stuff. Aye. Mm. Frasier and Lilith come into the bar. Uh, Carla refers to them as wimpy and blimpy. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> uh, uh, Frasier is very impatient that the baby still hasn't arrived. It's now two weeks overdue, is it? Yeah, it's been... Yeah. Which is a feel like a long time. You know, I'm beginning to wonder if you're fit to carry my seed. I'm beginning to wish you kept it. <laughs> Speaking of overdue, Woody comes back from the library. Uh, she's been doing some research on, I think, on the bar uh, and then the kind of surrounding area and the history. Uh, and yes, speaking, there is a segue in here. Speaking of late, comes back with the, the valuable nugget of information. Uh, the late fees are 10 cents a day at the library. Reasonable. Reasonable. I don't know what they are now, as I don't remember the last time I was a member of a library. It's like you've heard of things on the internet where people finally have got their letters for like a blockbuster late return fees and it's like been 20 years like what are you to do with this <laughs> as blockbusters is where you try to claw back some money and reopen again yeah well there's, there's one store left somewhere in the outback in arizona or somewhere like yeah this. there's one guy that runs on their twitter account isn't there <laughs> Yeah. Brilliant. So we find out that Cheers used to be called uh, Moms. Yeah, we find that out. Uh, <laughs> I, they... know why, I know why you're going, uh, uh, <laughs> where to go with um, it? It used to be some sort of hotel, kind of like stop off like housing thing for, what was it, for like travellers or immigrants well, or something is, like that? Is, that's a more wholesome way of putting it. Basically, this woman called Ma, she would find uh i'll find the exact way it's described because i thought oh that sounds nice and then i went oh that's not what it means yeah she was an aging ex-fan dancer who provided free room and board to attractive newly arrived immigrant girls and i was like oh that's nice because you know they it could be a dangerous city out there and, and it's nice that she's providing you know somewhere for them to stay and then hang on a minute rebecca went no it's not what you're thinking i went oh oh, oh come on <laughs> <laughs> I yeah it's cheers used to be a brothel <laughs> there you go it's along on the shore of it <laughs> bordello that's the nicer way to put it like the band go go bordello yeah a house for the lady of the night <laughs> or ladies of the night uh, a lady night house <laughs> ladies trollops and jezebels and such i don't know right anyway <laughs> rein it in keep it light <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, they're all PG words, fine. <laughs> Anyhow, back to the episode. We then come to, to 
is it later in the evening or the next day, maybe a couple of days later? It's the celebration uh, of the Cheers at Centenary. The celebration of the century. That's it. Uh, Rebecca is dressed up. She also appears to be the only one dressed up. The rest of them haven't bothered. They've mugged her off. Uh, she's hired a barbershop quartet who are making racket around the bar, much to the, the annoyance of pretty much everyone, or at least anyone that they're stood next to. Uh, Sam definitely isn't a fan of a barbershop quartet. <laughs> I, I love a barbershop quartet. I think there's something quite charming about them. I'm always a big fan of harmonising. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're awesome. I love a barbershop quartet. I'm partial to a barbershop quartet. I, uh, there was talk at uh, work about forming one. Um, right. Because I, I can do I could do the bass, and that's yeah. all. That's all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds tempting. Yeah. Uh, a local man by the name of Mr. Weaver, uh, it comes into the bar. Mischievous Mr. Weaver. Rebecca's asked him to come to the bar uh, as he's 106 years old and he's the guest of honour and he was there when Cheers originally opened up. Now, I didn't realise this until a little bit later when I had to go back to what the original use of the bar was, as we've already discussed. Uh, Mr. Weaver's walking around pinching the behind of a lot of the female uh, members of staff, and it was obviously only one sort of worked out that the place used to be uh, a brothel. It makes sense why he's doing that. A lot strange in a hundred years, mate. <laughs> Get with the times. Come on, that sort of thing's illegal now. It was. Uh, it was a long time ago, <laughs> Mister Weaver. <laughs> and Fraser and Lilith, uh still waiting for the baby to arrive. Uh, Fraser says, "If she keep, if she can clench long enough, we might pass the terrible twos." Uh, Woody says two weeks overdue. That'd be a dollar forty in late fees. <laughs> <laughs> Quick math. <laughs> Quick math. The mayor then turns up. Uh, Rebecca's invited the mayor to come to the celebration so he can present them with a, a plaque to put up on the wall. But before he can kind of get around to his duties, Carla is interrogating him as to why there's potholes on her street. <laughs> uh, Cliff says that he writes to him every week. Uh, then they have a little kind of. Conversation between the mayor, uh, his staff, and the police. Turns out, Cliff, uh, I don't know what it is he's been writing exactly, but he's arrested on the spot. If you come this way, then uh, I think you've got time to... Excuse me, Mr. Mayor. Uh, we haven't had the honour yet. Uh, now somebody sort of writes you about once a week. Uh, you might remember the name. Cliff Clavin? Clavin. Clavin. Uh, why does that name ring a bell? Your Honour. Oh, my God, he's the one. Yeah, he's the one. So you don't think he could snap and become violent? Uh, well, okay might be too strong of a word. Yeah. Your Honor, I, I can assure you that that is not typical of our clientele here. We've still got this kind of frustration from from Frasier uh, and, and the OMG baby. Nunef uh, seems to still be just quite chilled out about it. Not really phased by it at all. Mr. Weaver uh, keels over in the pool room. Uh, Carla asks for a, a doctor. Lilith responds. Um, I'm a doctor. And <laughs> <laughs> Fraser says, maybe you can revive him by having a baby on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Fraser goes in to go and help Mr. Weaver. Meanwhile, uh, Lilith goes into labour. The barbershop quartet pipe up again. 
and the entire bar tell them to shut up on this occasion. This is maybe, I think, the third, two, like, second or third occasion where they've piped up and someone's told them to pipe down. Uh, but yes, the bar collectively uh, tells them to, to wind it in. I see that Bibi Newith <laughs> in her labour acting. There's a story about Joe Pesci on Home Alone, which is, you know, he goes... Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's because it's Joe Pesci, and Joe Pesci loves swearing. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> but yes. But Home Alone is, a you know, PG film. It's a good film, PG. So he, right. he, he, as a result, he, he kind of spoke like Dick Dastardly in the that's, film. That's him trying to stifle all of the swear words. Yeah, whereas in a <laughs> similar thing with Lilith in this, where she's like, if you were actually going through labour praise you'd be swearing your head off, whereas Lilith will play a few of them, just says things like, yowza! That's it, <laughs> just... yeah. <laughs> Johnny, Sam just told me. Are you feeling any discomfort? Whoa! <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. I'll go pull the car around, we'll be at the hospital in no time. Say, Woody, would you help her with her Lamas? What's Lamas? Oh, Woody, there's no time for that now. All right, very briefly. It's a psychoprophylactic relaxation. <laughs> It was discovered by the great late Dr. Ferdinand Lamas while on a trip to Russia. It was later perfected. Holy mother of pearl! Well, just go hoo, 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 hee, hee, hee. <laughs> it's probably, probably a bit more painful if, if all you're saying is yowza. That's, that's like if you've had like a, a hot jalapeno pepper, you know? Just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Entry-level pain. <laughs> Turns out Mr. Weaver's faked his heart attack. It was just so he could get the girls to bend over because he's a dirty old pervert. You uh, dirty old man. <laughs> Sam thinks it's a good idea, though, uh, because he's also uh, a dirty pervert. <laughs> Woody is helping Lily uh, with her breathing technique. Woody does, Woody does it to the point where he keels over, though. The mayor has had enough. Everything's kicking off. He decides to leave. So Frazier needs to take Lilith to the hospital, but his car's been towed away. They, in turn, have to use Sam's car, um, and they eventually make it to hospital. It turns out that it was false labour. Oh, isn't that just, just the heart of it? Or, I don't know. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Would this be a good time to uh, go over the cast for this episode? I There's a couple of people we see in the hospital. We'll, we'll give context of it's a hospital. There's someone else there. Also in labour, because, you know, it's maternity ward, that's where they are. And as a result, there's medical staff walking around. B.B. Neurath is uh, Dr. Lilith Sternen. Victoria Hoffman as Gail Aldrich, who I think is the other woman in the same as Lilith. Hello. This was her film TV debut. She also appeared in True Colours, Perfect Strangers, The Enforcer, Mad About You, That's My Bush. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure. Uh, Gilmore Girls. Sure. <laughs> Gilmore Girls, Rugrats, Monk, Will and Grace, Boston Legal, House It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Bosch, American History Story, and many more. You want to know who played Mayor Raymond Flynn? Enlighten me. Uh, played by actual Mayor Raymond Flynn. Oh, yeah. Like that. As a result, this is his only acting role. He was the mayor nice. of Boston from 84 to 93. The Cheers, yes. Yeah. Monty Ash as Dirty Old Man, Mr. Weaver. He, <laughs> he also appeared in Dragnet, Highway Patrol, The Twilight Zone, Moonlighting, The Golden Girls, Hunter, ER, Married with Children, Almost Perfect, and many more. Laura Robinson as Nurse. She also appeared in The Pink Chiquitas, Goofballs, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Night Heat, Street Legal, Chips 99, The Perfect Man, and many more. 
Honestly, they all sound like they went straight to DVD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. I've heard it's quite good though. It's similar to um the Twilight Zone, but more like suspenseful than than uh, okay. than sci-fi. Uh, from 2014 to 2017, she was a producer of the Celebrity Name Game. In 2015, she was promoted to co-executive producer. Her last three episodes were as sole executive producer. Raymond Hannes as cameraman. He also appeared in The Tortellis, One of the Boys, The New Lassie, Flatliners, Till the End of the Night, Gideon's Crossing, and many more. Peter Schreiner as Pete. Michael Ennis as Doctor. He also appeared in The Twilight Zone, The New Mike Hammer, Slam Dance, China Beach, Growing Pains, Chicago Hope, and many more. Slam Dance? I, I, I need to know what Slam Dance is because Slam Dance, when it comes to, to music, is a dance that a lot of like kind of hardcore, metalcore music bands do. Uh, involves doing essentially kind of like shadow boxing, like kung fu in the middle of a mosh pit. It looks as it looks as daft as it sounds. Um, <laughs> so I was worried for a moment they'd made a film about it. Clearly not, because this came out in 1987. Uh, <laughs> it's a neo-noir thriller directed by Wayne Wang. A cartoonist is thrust into the center of a murder mystery after a seductive woman he has been seeing turns up dead. That's not right. like that, actually. That doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> It's got uh, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Slam dance on Betamax now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think we should give that a watch one day, mate. I really do. <laughs> uh, Robin Krieger as Mayor's Aide. She also appeared in The Philadelphia Experiment, The Tortellis, Hunter, Murphy Brown, Den and Stacy, Mad with Children, Wings, NYPD Blue, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Family Matters, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Friends, Malcolm in the Middle, Boston Legal, Desperate Housewives, Hi, Met Your Mother, and many more. And uh, there's one more here who this was difficult to find things for. Uh, their name is either Sieb or Sieb Siebel as Mayor's <laughs> Aide. <Aid. laughs> this, was, this was his final film and TV role. He also appeared in Hotel and Crackdown. Douglas Anderson returns as part of the 139th Street Quartet. He previously appeared as their first tenor in Season 4, Episode 19, Dark Imaginings. That's in, a nice callback. Yeah. In reality, this quartet was founded in 1975. They won multiple medals in international competitions, ranking as high as second place. They also hold two platinum records as backup singers for two Neil Diamond Christmas albums. No way. There you go. That's awesome. And them's the kind of facts that you come to this podcast for. You ain't getting that anywhere else. That's that's premium content is what that is. That's prime rib facts there. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the steak tartare of facts, that is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Let's jump back into this episode then. We find out it's false labour. They're in the hospital bed. Uh, Sam Cross comes across a woman in labour uh, next to the bed that never said uh, she appears to be on her own. Sam shakes her hand and she, she crushes it uh, <laughs> as, as she's kind of going through these contractions. Fraser says to Lilith, try and think of good things. She's like, like what? He says, like you're not her, the woman next <laughs> to you. As you hear her shrieking in the back in labour. This bit 
absolutely cracked me up. I think I, I, I rewound it maybe four or five times. It's just the reaction of Sam, the, the, the quickness of the delivery, and then the instant response. So the nurse comes in, or midwife, comes in to help the wound uh, that Sam's talking to, and she says, oh, are you ready to go? And Sam says, you bet I am. And he's, oh, no, sorry, yeah, no, you were talking to her. Yeah, it's fine, it's okay. But it's just, I, it, like like we were saying on, on, on the last episode with the delivery of some of the lines there and, and one previous to that, actually, um, you can't do it justice explaining on here, but it is hilarity. Um, and I implore you to watch it. Uh, so clearly Sam's taken uh, a shining uh, to this attractive nurse. Frazier goes with uh, Sam the midwife and the woman that's going into labor and leaves Lilith on her own. She talks to the doctor, uh, says, you know, what do I do now? And he says, well, it's false labor. Go home. Go home. Go home. Home she goes, or at least attempts to. Uh, She attempts to go home for some reason. I I don't know why Frazier abandoned his his pregnant wife. Yeah, weird, weird thing there. I'll tend to this woman who's going through actual labor. I don't know. And, uh, you just sit tight there. And chill out. You'll be grand. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be right. And then, <laughs> but they come back, Frasier and Sam and Gail Aldrich, uh, they, they come back and Frasier's like, oh, I'll just check on the earth. Oh, her and the baby are sleeping. And then, what? <laughs> <laughs> baby? And what I like is Lilith recounts the birth of the baby and Lilith's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Held down the cab to try and get home. Went into labor in the cab. Gave birth in the back of a taxi cab. Uh, and did she say something about like nearly like kicking the doors open of the cab? In, during like uh, contractions, she would kick the back doors open. So yeah. it's in the back of this cab, I assume, <laughs> while, it's, while it's moving. Uh, you know, legs kicking out the back, baby forthcoming. and <laughs> <laughs> En route. En route. And it must have, or oh, it must have been a mess but uh, <laughs> but you know I, yeah it's just just iconic <laughs> iconic behavior from Lilith there. <laughs> they're all clearly very enamored and, and uh happy to see the the baby uh they're all looking at it and i think they kind of pass uh comments between each other Lilith and fraser and you know oh he's he's got my eyes and oh he's got your your mouth and sam says he's got my nose it's like, what? Don't be ridiculous. He's like, no, no, he's, he's literally got my nose. And the, the baby's grabbed his nose. And he's, it sounds like they're all just like, oh, it's beautiful. I could look at him or I could stand here and stare at him all day. And then Sam's instantly distracted by the returning nurse coming back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's ready to leave. Sam's, I'm curious, not in some kind of, uh, in some kind of perverse way, but just his command of vocabulary and charisma must be very impressive if while this nurse is doing a job, while this woman's going into labor, which is not a romantic scenario, he was able to woo said nurse. <laughs> I mean, it's multitasking, isn't it? Just, you know, helping someone give birth, wooing a midwife. <laughs> push, push, push. What's your number? Push. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then... Doesn't Frey just say, like, oh, you know, that's it's his first smile. And Lilith's like, no. Babies don't express any emotion for months or whatever. Um, yeah, this, so is, this smile means nothing. Means Just- nothing. Baby passes wind, and they're both like, oh, it's his first gas. 
<laughs> they're, they're pleased. They're very impressed. <laughs> so we come back to the bar uh, for the close of the episode. Uh, Sam breaks the news to Norm um, that Fraser and Lilith have just had their, their little baby. Um, he's still in the bar on his own. Um, there's no one else in there. The mayor said he'd return in another 100 years because yeah. it was just a shambles, the whole, the whole affair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he Sam shares pictures. He's like, oh, I've got some pictures, thinking it's going to be pictures of the baby. Uh, it's not. It's, it's pictures of the nurse. Lots and lots of pictures of the lots nurse. Lots of pictures of the nurse. Um, <sighs> he asks Norm why, why the party's died. Uh, he said, well, it kind of died down after Rebecca tackled the cameraman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you think that's it? We're the barbershop quartet. Go off once more in the back, I think, in the pool room. <laughs> and uh, the episode ends with Sam frog marching down to the pool room to sort them out once and for all. Oh, what a way to end. This is a great episode, a very big milestone episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a baby. Well, they've got trivia. Lovely. You can take the baby. We'll keep the trivia. Thank you. (laughs) It's just a very, very strange exchange. But trivia's here. As usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. What does Woody... Call the train in the first line of the episode. Oh, I don't know, mate. Wabash Cannonball. Wabash Cannonball. <laughs> Amazing. How much does Rebecca say she's going to charge per beer? Five cents? Oh, yes. Yeah. Correct Mundo. Cheap as cheers. There you go. That's there the one. What year does the Cheers sign claim to have been founded? It's not 1889. It's a different year. And why does it say this year? Oh, it's, yeah. I remember they discussed this, don't they? And it's like a few years out of date or something like that. Uh, I can't remember why or what the date is, though. I do remember them discussing it. Basically, the sign outside uh, was put there by Sam. (laughs) <laughs> that's it um, and the reason it says 1895 is because it was put there when Carla was into all her numerology stuff <laughs> uh, and because when reduced 1895 comes to 5 which is a much luckier number than 8 according to Carla no <laughs> if you say so sure <laughs> my next one is how much in late fees would Fraser and Lilith have to pay with how overdue their baby is? A dollar forty. Correct. Ah. Here's a big question. Tell you what, there's like there's two factors to the question. If you get either, because of how difficult it is, uh, I think you you would fault win regardless of what the score is so far. Is it's that it's that difficult a question? Right. Two states were admitted exactly 100 years to the day before this episode aired. But what was the total number of states at that point? So if you say either the total number of states or what the two states were, then, then you've won the trivia for this week. You mean the two what? Total number of states? Uh, at 2nd of November 1889, what were the total number of states? 
if you name either both of those states or the total number of states, then you've won. Oh, I think it'll go rebound probably trying to guess the number than what the states are. Um, 1889. 1889. 1889. 1889. 34. Oh, you're close. You're wrong. It's 40. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, the states that were added were the Dakotas. Oh, okay. Oh, that's last call, and I think there's an obvious special we'll do. I think it's an obvious thing that we'll order. It's a, a plethora of five-cent beers. <laughs> it is. It is. Or, I mean, we had it last week. Could also have a baby, Guinness. There is a baby. There is a baby. But I'd prefer just loads of five-cent beers, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yep. I'd be drinking more of those. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> this has been... When nobody knows your name, I choose podcasts. Thank you for listening. Ta-ra.